Hey, Hugh finally gets his guy. Derek Nix, your offensive coordinator, is hired. The offensive staff, that's a wrap. It's finished. Everybody's in, and we're flying kites. Let's talk a little bit of a big portal edition. Finally goes public. Uh, we're going to have some fun. It's episode 11 of the Top Button Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Five. Let's get buttoned up. Let's bug. Let's have some fun. But before we do it, we want to give a shout out to our bud, Ford Stokes with Active Wealth Management. Look, you can visit uh, Ford's website. You can visit activewealth.com, but you can also visit annuity360.net because Ford has a, a free book that he wants to give you. It's got a bunch of great tips that I've listened to. I, I listened to it actually on Audible. I downloaded the audio book, but it's got great rules that help you safely grow your money. There's cool rules like the rule, the 4% rule, the rule of 100, the rule of 72. I never heard of any of those things before I got this book. You can go online. He'll mail it to you. He'll autograph it. Or again, if you want to go the easy way like me, go to Audible, download it for free, listen to it in your car. I learn better that way anyway. So uh, be sure to check it out. Show Ford Stokes some love. Guys, you can't, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. You got too much going on. Let Ford help you get to uh, the promised land. So check him out, Active Wealth Management and annuity360.net, Ford Stokes, tell him War Eagle. All right, so this is a two year, two, almost two years in the making. Hugh uh, finally nails down and lands uh, without any without any lack of drama. He lands his guy, uh, Derek Nix uh, from Ole Miss, um, who's been at Ole Miss for sixteen years. He brings him over to join his staff, gets the gang back together, uh, and he's going to be our offensive coordinator um, and uh, running backs coach. Uh, I think. Uh, it's very exciting uh, just on the the surface just because this is a guy that he's been trying to get for two cycles, okay? Uh, he tried to get him last uh, when he first got hired. It was a time crunch. You, the, the Hiring a new coach, the scheduling is just terrible. So you, you bring him in at the end of December, signing day, or at the end of November, signing day is like two weeks away. You got to hire staff. You got to recruit. Um, and in the meantime, you have all this – uh, drama with Lane Kiffin and the contract situation where um, Lane didn't want him to leave because Lane likes to go fishing while Derek Nix recruits for him uh, and, and pretty much runs that recruiting operation. So he uses all the verbiage he can to uh, make it to where either Derek Nix has to ha pay a huge buyout or, you know, it just makes it to where there's sort of like a an issue in general of him being able to move on and further his career. So it didn't work out last last year. Um, we had to go the whole route of the Philip Montgomery situation that obviously did not work out. That it, we severed ties there. We're moving on. And it, the only name you hear is Derek Nix. Derek Nix, Derek Nix, Derek Nix. There is no plan B. There, there, there was no plan B. And I to me, that's kind of exciting because – there was no backup option, and you just you went out and got it done. You went out and got it done, and I love the setup of uh, the the uh, I guess their relationship and knowing each other and knowing how each other likes to work and how much 
how much he values Derek in the room with him, game planning, helping him recruit, uh, how well he recruits, and, and his huge history uh, of, of of four and five stars at Ole Miss, which is not typically your um, top, not not typically a big draw for those uh, caliber players, but. Regardless, it's done. He's on staff. Uh, Auburn um, tweeted it out uh, officially from their account. Uh, when I'm recording this is on Wednesday. Uh, I think it was somewhere a little bit after lunch. They tweeted it official. Um, Lane, the child that he is, uh, that took it to take his ball and run home, he spoiled it uh, for, uh, for Derek when he knew he was gone, and he tweeted out a, an official statement from the – Ole Miss uh, Twitter account, the Ole Miss football Twitter account that was a quote-unquote statement with a completely um, sarcastic and uh, mad uh, farewell letter. Uh, and what what he fails to understand is this is why he's not the head coach at Alabama right now. He may be okay with that, but they, the the antics that he had and, and the pettiness and, and throwing everything out there on Twitter – uh, his fishing trips while you while you you know you could be you know recruiting Derek Nix is actually the one running it with with uh, you know some of the off the field staff guys um, the pettiness that's why you will probably always be stuck uh, in, in Mississippi that's why you're always going to be stuck at Ole Miss and that's why that a co a guy that's been at a school for 16 years through four to four or five coaching changes like. He didn't want to leave. He, he, he doesn't want to leave no matter who the coach is. Cannot get out of there fast enough. Has tried for two years to get away from you to, to come on this uh, Auburn staff. And I think that just speaks speaks huge, huge volumes to, um, number one, the relationship between Hugh Freeze and, and, and Derek Nix, and number two, just uh, how important he was to that whole Ole Miss operation so again it's very rare that you see a coach last through one coaching change but he's been through every single coaching change at Ole Miss for the past 16 years going all the way back uh to Houston Nuts so the drama was fun you know I, I don't really consider Ole Miss I know they're having a lot of success I don't really ever consider I don't really consider them as really a rivalry or like somebody that we really ever um super duper have to worry about because you know the record speaks for itself you know one of the greatest you know one of the greatest seasons they had in their history two years ago they got thumped by Brian Harson, the worst coach that we've ever that that Auburn's ever had so Auburn's in a historic down period at the time where they're at the highest they've ever been so they're going to have fun with it Lane's immature he's going to roll with it but regardless don't no matter what they want to tell you this one hurts. This one hurts. This was a huge cog in the wheel of their recruiting operation, and now he's going to be on the plains. He's from Alabama. He's got ties all over the state. He's got ties all over the state of Mississippi. Two huge recruiting areas, obviously, uh, for Auburn. And I'm just uh, – I'm excited. I'm excited. A wealth of knowledge of coaching uh, experience uh, at the running back position – He's he's coached wide receivers. He you know, and then the familiarity with Hugh is just uh, 
This is something to be excited about. This is something to be to be proud of, and I think this is something that's going to, you know, after we took the emotional hit of losing, you know, um, one of our heroes, you know, Cadillac, and uh, you know Zach, another guy that's beloved, uh, a player that was beloved at Auburn, and then became a really good coach. After you lose, you know, have the emotional takedown of that, and then you turn around and you add. Uh, a guy at the level of Derek Nix that you know is going to be representing Auburn with pure class that he's always had since you know the beginning, and, and then a guy that can absolutely burn up the recruiting trail with the a much more uh, a much bigger draw to sell, I guess, uh, at Auburn University versus uh, versus Ole Miss from facilities, from tradition, uh, from just uh, fan base in general, uh, I think it's just a whole a better pr prestige. It's just a better product for him to sell, and uh, and we know he can sell. So, I for one am absolutely elated. I wanted I wanted who Hugh wanted, and this is you you understand there was there was what other name was out there. There was no other name. Hugh was bound and determined this was going to get done, and once they got the contract situation and the drama with Lane and all figured out and, and you weathered the, tw the tweet storms, the, and, and the, the articles and whatever that, that Lane had to put out there. Once you weathered that, uh, they got it done and he's here, uh, to, uh, get going through this, uh, get going, uh, to close out, um, the portal class to close out the high school class for 2024, already bringing in juniors, uh, for junior days and, and, and visits and stuff like that for the 2025 class. And then a spring ball, then a spring ball, and then it's, we're going to be right back after it. So extremely, extremely excited uh, about Derek Nix. Uh, I can't cannot stress it enough. Um, uh, in, the, in the light of also um, promoting Der – I'm sorry, hiring Derek Nix, Kent Austin, who was Hughes' offensive coordinator from Liberty, who was an off-the-field analyst for us, has been moved on field as – quarterbacks coach okay so uh your offensive staff is completely set your offensive staff there's no more hires to be made it's completely ready to go ready to start hitting the trail ready to start getting this team ready for the 2024 2025 uh season so looking at this uh looking at last year's staff and looking at this year's staff did we get better Plain and simple. Did we get better? Uh, and I think unequivoc we were we are unequivocally uh, better in almost every single aspect that you could possibly uh, be better at. Better recruiting. I think we're going to be better uh, offensively from a play calling and offensive coordinator situation. Um, you, and then uh, you know you can go position by position. Young guys that are just having more time to get. I guess get better uh, at at their craft, recruit better, build their reputation on the road. So, just going down the list, uh, your wide receiver coach doesn't change. Marcus Davis, who pulled in one of the best classes that has ever been put together, as of now, like that's not even talking about if you add Ryan Williams, and then it absolutely would be the best class that has ever been uh, assembled on, pa on paper, the best high school class that's ever been assembled. Uh, Marcus Davis, he's a budding star, uh, somebody that, I, you know, I feel like you can 
you can kind of put on some some dudes and he can go get them. And we've already got some big time uh, players that that he's making he's making ways with already in 2025. Already has a big commitment for 2026. Arrivals 100 receivers. So uh, Marcus Davis, obviously, just another year is just going to be that much better uh, on the on the trail. I think uh, your number one target in 2025 as <clears throat> a wide receiver, Derek, um, I believe it's Derek Smith from Southside. Uh, let me check really quick. I think that's his name. Yeah, Derek Smith, Southside wide receiver. He's the number one receiver on the board, uh, and we sit very, very well. He just came in for a visit uh, on our um, junior day last weekend. And uh, that's a guy that's going to be a high priority. You don't have to take a bunch of wide receivers uh, in this class. So maybe Marcus can help out in other areas. He's going to be that type of guy, I think, moving forward. Now that you've got this big four or five wide receiver class, two portal guys coming in, <clears throat> you can get your one or two guys for 2025 and help out. That's 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 and help out a little bit, a little bit everywhere. That That's hopefully going to be the goal moving forward. Jake Thornton. Jake Thornton flipped our whole offensive line uh, and made it competitive in one offseason. Uh, from the portal, from bringing, going and winning a battle uh, with, with Connor Liu, who's going to be your anchor for the next couple of years. Um, and then you bring in what he brought in. We've talked about it a thousand times. Two um, all-star game high school uh, athlete, two all-star game high, high school offensive linemen, a tackle and an interior guy, and then a JUCO uh, All-American. You got a big – um, you got a big uh, offensive line commit already for 2025. He's just going to keep keep getting better. He's going to keep um, uh, he's going to keep uh, adding to uh, that resume. And this is going to be a big offensive line year. This is going to be a year I think you probably see adding, you know, four or five guys, um, uh, uh, four or five high school guys uh, on the line. So another year to develop. Just landed a, a big portal guy that helps uh, that helps. Um, you know, solidify this line line and make this uh, offensive line even better for 2024. So, um, yeah, you're you're better there because you got another year uh, with Jake Thornton on the roll <coughs> on the road recruiting. Jake Thornton in the room developing offensive line. You're much better there. Um, ben A. I'm just going to call him Ben A. I think it's Aguama or something like that. I can't really pronounce his last name. Tight ends coach again. Same scenario. Another year. Um, I feel he he goes out and gets Rivaldo Fairweather. Uh, you got um, you didn't sign a tight end uh, in this year's class because you didn't really need one, but you brought in a stud uh, portal prospect, and you got a big time tight end um, that is uh, that is uh, you know committed for the twenty twenty five class. Another year, developing, getting better relationships. You're getting better there. Um, Running backs coach. There's probably going to be people that disagree with me on this, but uh, you are. I, I feel like we are far in ahead of when you talk from a coach and a recruiter perspective. Derek Nix versus uh, Derek Nix versus uh, Carnell uh, Cadillac. Uh, I'm just. It just is what it is. You got 16 plus years of experience, uh, 16 plus years of bringing in stud after stud after stud. And if you look at the thing about Derek Nix's recruiting profile is that he recruits every position, defense, 
offense, linebacker, offensive line, running back, running back, running back, wide receiver. It doesn't matter. He goes and gets everybody. And that is what your running backs coach has to do. And he's going to be that and and your offensive coordinator, which we know I'm sure there'll be some plays that he has to call. But for the most part, it's going to be a collab between he and uh, Hugh uh, with, with the offense. So running backs coach, you are light years ahead. Absolute light years ahead uh, there. Um, quarterbacks coach. So you had Philip Montgomery last year. This year you have um, you're going to have uh, Kent Austin. So this is a tough one because this is a tough one. Because I think this is probably a wash just based off of because um, I think Philip Montgomery is a is a very good quarterbacks coach. I think he's coached some really great uh, really great quarterbacks, but. Why I think you have a little bit of an edge in this scenario is that um, Phillip was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. So when you're coordinating the offense and calling the plays, that takes a little bit away from, you would think, from positional development, okay, positional development. Well, now you have a quarterback's coach that's going to be a quarterback's coach. He's not going to be calling plays. He's not going to be uh, running the offense. He's going to be working with the quarterbacks 100%, and that's what Kent Austin has always been really known for. And I think he's got a really good pedigree, a really good name. You saw what uh, uh, the year that Hugh was hired uh, from Liberty, they got all the way down to their third quarterback, and the third quarterback was carving up Arkansas, you know, carving up BYU. Uh, that type of thing, and that's just kind of what Kent's known for. So, whereas if you just look at Kent Austin and Philip Montgomery, it's probably a wash there from the from a coaching perspective. But from the setup perspective, I feel like you're way ahead, way better, way better off. You have a dedicated quarterbacks coach that is not going to be distracted from anything other than just coaching the quarterbacks. I love that setup. Then obviously, you got your offensive coordinator, and we have uh, one of the most innovative, um, one of the best play callers in the game, uh, and that's obviously our head coach, Hugh Freeze. Um, it's what he's always been known for. It's what he's always been good at. And the times that he took over uh, this year when we had to have wins or we we had big games where we we really wanted to, to give ourselves a chance uh, to win the game, you saw the play sheet going in front of his mouth. You saw a different looking offense. You saw the RPOs. Uh, you saw the quick game. You saw the tempo. That's who Hugh Freeze is. And that's the identity that this team needs to have moving forward is Hugh Freeze uh, at the helm, calling the play, getting them going fast, the play sheet in hand. That's what we want to see uh, moving forward. And when you have uh, – when you I talked about it on the last episode, but when you take just the three coaches, uh, Cadillac, Montgomery, and Hugh, you had one full – essentially, you had one full-time recruiter, stud recruiter, and that was Hugh. For whatever reason, Carnell uh, – Cadillac was not, not your – going to be your outgoing dog guy on the trail that's going to go get you, you know, a bunch of dudes uh, – <laughs> You know, every single year, um, he is—he's a great celebrity 
uh, coach that that can kind of wow you once you get to campus. But he just, for whatever reason, it just never clicked where he he was your go-to guy, get on the road and go get him. Hugh was. That was Hugh. When Hugh was hired uh, within a few days of being here, he was in uh, Chilton County watching Demarcus Riddick play basketball. You don't think that made an impact? Uh, you don't think that made an impact? Uh, a year later, he signs with Auburn, and he's already enrolled, and he's an absolute uh, – going to be an absolute phenom. So, yes, Hugh was the only dog of that group. Now, when you have the, the combo of Hugh, Derek, and Kent, you have two guys in Kent and Derek that can put – help – help put sort of put the game plan together, so to speak, or help you brain, uh, brainstorm or, or whatever to put the game plan together the way he likes it so that he can still recruit at a really high level. Derek can recruit at a really high level. And now you have, out of that three coaches, you have an unbelievable play caller and you have essentially almost two full recruiting dogs that can go out and get after it on – the trail. Derek can fill in whenever, you know, Hugh has to spend the most time, spend a lot of time game planning and flip-flop and vice versa. It's a great, it's a great, great matchup, a great trifecta of dudes that know each other, know how each other love to work. Uh, and I think this offensive staff is just from top to bottom, just absolutely uh, incredible, absolutely incredible. I'm so, so excited uh, to see what they do moving forward. I'm so excited for, for A-Day. I'm excited to see how the recruiting picks up and, and moves forward. Um, and I got to feel like continually, you know, if you're a quarterback or a wide receiver, you got one of the best in the game that's going to be developing you uh, – uh, as a quarterback in Ken Austin, and as a running back, as a wide receiver, you got Derek Nix and you got Marcus Davis, and then you got Hugh Freeze calling your plays. L absolutely love this offensive staff uh, from top to bottom. I don't really know. The only, I guess maybe the only other way that you can make the staff better is if you found some sort of possible better recruiting option at as a quarterback's coach. But then does that hinder – that trifecta of that game planning, that that play calling, that 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 um that synergy that you would have between Knicks, Austin, and Hugh. I don't think there's I don't I don't think that person's out there. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really think that person was out there. So very, very fired up about the offensive staff. You should be fired up too. Um, they're going to be uh, I think I think they're going to be good. I think I think we got a lot better this offseason, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens uh, moving forward. Um, before we move on uh, and talk about a little bit of a, a little bit more portal and a big addition we had today, let's give a shout out to PlainsCoffee.com. Do you want to continue to go to the grocery store and wait in long lines uh, for coffee that's been ground up? And, and on the shelves for, for weeks or months. Um, I personally do not. I personally do not. I like to have my coffee ground and sh ground the night before it's shipped. And that's what happens when you order from Plains Coffee. They got a little bit of options for everyone. You know, you can go get it from different countries if you're super 
duper coffee guy and, and you and you and you like it from the Colombias, you like it from the Africa, you know, African uh beans, whatever. They got a little bit of it all, the dark, the light, the medium, anything they got. And if you don't like coffee, they got teas too. So uh use coupon code button uh to save 10%. And, and give them a shot. They'll have it sent directly to your door. You'll be able to smell it from your living room. As soon as it hits the porch, it's it's freshly ground. Uh, it, you, you'll you'll love that aroma uh, coming through coming through the window, coming through the doors. Uh, give them a shot. Uh, give them a shout out. Um, and you know, tell them old C five sent you. Use coupon code button for ten percent off. All right. It's still portal season, and Auburn lands a huge piece of the puzzle. Um, finally, it goes public. And we talked about him a little bit on, uh, you know, on Tuesday's show. But again, it was not public yet. It was not, we felt it was headed in the right direction, but it wasn't, you know, all the way there. Um, Antonio Kite, uh, a four, he was a high four-star corner in Alabama's 2022 class who was just kind of buried behind some unbelievable corners. <laughs> You know, you're Terry and Arnold's, you're, you know, those those five star freaky guys. And he just never had a chance to really get on, get on the field. Uh, no fault of his own. It's just like, man, you, it's just an embarrassment of riches uh, over there. He goes into the portal and you have now add a six one, six two, 190 pound uh, outside cor lockdown corner. That's a that's when he was coming out of high school was very thought like thought of as one of the best over all around athletes possibly in the whole state. So um, I talked about it on Tuesday's show again, if he is in Auburn's 2022 class, he is the highest rated player uh, of that class. So high caliber guy, you're getting him in here as a, he will be a red shirt sophomore. Okay. So in theory, he's got three years to play. Um, I think probably the the ideal thing is you get him here and he and he balls out for two years and goes and you know goes to the league. That would be kind of the most ideal situation. But um, he does opt, have the option to stay for uh, he has three years to play. So look, your defensive back room is young. Uh, they're all talented. You got a big talented class uh, coming in. Um, Chris Moore just hit a three, by the way, which is I'm 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 facing a little different angle, uh, so I can catch the end of this uh, this absolute um, boat racing of Auburn versus um, uh, Vanderbilt. And Chris Moore just hit a three, so let's have a party, let's boog, <laughs> let's boog on that one. Uh, but but anyway, uh, you got a young defensive uh, back, uh, young defensive back room, but very talented. You had a great class last year that came, that came in uh, that Hugh salvaged. Uh, headlined by Sylvester Smith uh, at safety. This next class is absolutely slam-packed uh, with talent. Absolutely. Uh, on brand, I'm going to have a little bit of internet difficulty here or there. So uh, Jay Crawford, who is going to – you're going to have to tase him to keep him off the field early. Uh, and then there's so many other talented kids that are in this class, but they're young. They're young. So you got to have some some holdovers, a few little holdovers. Uh, even Kay and Lee, 
who is going to be a starter is going to be a true sophomore. So you're going to have to have um, some exp- some guys that you know you're going to have to have fill-ins that are going to help bring these younger guys along. And this is another one that's just going to help us, Antonio Kite. Um, I think it's going to help convince Keontae Scott to to move back down to nickel, where I think he could be a very huge uh, factor and possibly work his way into being a high draft pick. I know nickel is not – I know nickel, uh, the outside corner is valued a lot higher than the nickel, but I just think this is his position. This is his position in the NFL. Um, He can be a factor in the backfield. He can make plays in the backfield. Uh, And I think – I'm hoping that Antonio Kite gives us the ability to – move Keontae Scott inside, and then you're going to have two very talented outside corners again. You could possibly have two lockdown corners on the outside uh, for another season. Uh, and you may not – you you possibly don't see a drop – you could possibly not see a drop-off. Uh, you they're, they're, they're that talented. Those kids are that talented. And and with Kay and Lee's early playing time that he got an experience, and then you got uh, Antonio Kite who's learned from – I mean – Let's just say it, the best DB coach that may have ever lived uh, with in Nick Saban um, uh, for two years that's going to bring in that experience. Um, you could have a pretty salty uh, defensive backfield. Uh, and, you know, the uh, kite flying me, uh, kite flying gifts and things like that were, or GIF, GIF, whatever you want to call it, the kite flying uh, gifts were, were great. Um, and uh, I think he's going to be, uh, you know, you, you fly a kite, but I think our defensive uh, secondaries may be a no-fly zone uh, moving forward. So the portal in general, um, although it's not a, another twenty-man class like it was last year, and it was you know it was fun. You're getting commits like every other day because you had to add so many people to flip the roster. Um, you still got some high-quality guys in some positions that really really uh, are going to help move you forward, really help um, fill some holes and and sort of just supplement this these, this infusion of young, high-end talent that's coming in uh, to Auburn uh, over the next couple of years. So um, I don't – I'm not a 1,000% sure the portal class uh, for this early window is done. We, we will inevitably have to – um, we'll inevitably have to uh, add some guys after spring. But I think if Auburn really wanted to, if Auburn really wanted to, there is uh, there is ways that they can get a couple of more guys in, uh, possibly as late as next Friday. I know the 17th, the fifth day of class is, is your traditional last day to enroll. But there's some other stuff like from a, on, a, on a case-by-case basis where you can get in as late as 15 days, which may end up being – more closer to uh, next Friday. So I got a sneaky suspicion. Um, There could be some visits this weekend. Um, Let's just see how that plays out. I mean, you got Alabama guys going in left and right. Um, You got the connections there with with Charles Kelly. Does just possibly some of the guys that he's recruited, um, you know, want to come check out Auburn now that the draw of going to Alabama or playing for Alabama is gone and Nick Saban. So uh, that would be, that'll be something interesting to see. Uh, Again, I think you possibly could have a couple of visitors this weekend. uh, And, and then it's just, 
you know, continuing to build. Um, we also, you know, you have, you know, since I guess since the last time we talked, you had two guys going to the portal, Donovan Kaufman, Cam Riley. Hate to lose both of them. Um, they're both, you know, unfortunately some, you know, depth pieces. Uh, and I think you got pretty decent replacements for those anyway. Uh, so there's not a ton to talk about there. I think the 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 next big conversation that we're going to have in regards to the portal, let's see how it plays out next week and, and if you add a couple of pieces. But I think the big talk is who leaves after spring and who's available, who's going to be available to add. That's going to be your next your next big conversation. It's going to be high school, high school, high school, Let's get this 2024, I mean, 2025 class uh, rolling, rolling, rolling. I said, you know, I expected uh, several commits to start running off for the 2025 class. Uh, that hasn't necessarily happened yet. I'm not really sure um, what 100% the holdup is because I feel like we're right in the mix. We're, we're at the top of the list for several guys. Um, maybe some new targets that have emerged uh, since Nick Saban's retired for the 2025 class, you've seen some decommitments, a lot of decommitments actually, uh, from that 2025 class that Auburn has high interest in. So maybe it's sort of like a board, re maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of a board reset and kind of figure out um, now that there's some possibilities that there may not have been before, how that shakes things up. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just uh, the filling out that you're, you're working on filling out the staff. So you're, you're not necessarily pushing for commitments yet, but I still think there's a lot of guys. He was on the road all week this week. Uh, so much so that I don't think he's going to be back uh, in town until possibly this weekend for, you know, if, if by chance there's some, some visits and things like that. So uh, he's recruiting like a madman already. And uh, that's just going to be, that's just going to be life as an Auburn fan. You're going to have a coach that's going to be that's going to eat, lead, eat, drink, sleep, breathe recruiting, uh, and you're going to have a staff that's going to be right there behind him. And then, hopefully, uh, everything works out. And you know, we have an explosive offense. And you know, once we get this defensive uh, situation figured out, which was not is not to me not a huge. Uh, necessity at the moment. I probably should have talked about this after I talked about the offensive staff, but um, there's really not much left to talk. There's really not much news I, per se to, to report on because um, I think you're still kind of waiting uh, to see, you know, what happens with Chris Kiffin. Do the do the, the Texans win again this weekend? You know, CJ CJ Stroud's playing unbelievable. Um, so can they beat the Ray? Can they beat Baltimore this weekend? And then, then do you have to make a call? Then, then do you have to say, okay, look, we gave it two weeks. Um, let's just, you know, let's move on to our second option or, or whatever that may be, uh, and, and, and kind of get going and get, and get rolling forward. So there's not much to talk about yet. Um, there's just, there's just not much news there. And again, the necessity is not there because you know, who's, who's been promoted on field and who's burning it up, uh, in, in it in the place of that open spot, that's your boy Trevon Reed, who is who is an absolute menace. He is a lurker on the trail. He will get you if you don't uh, keep your eyes peeled. Like he's going to be working. He's going to be working the phones, working Twitter, working you know the working the trail on the road. Like the dude loves Auburn, and the dude is an absolute menace when he is unleashed and I would say I would say keep him on the road as long as you possibly can uh, 
Keep him on the road as long as you possibly can until it gets to the point where you got to have a coach in. You got to start uh, analyzing the roster and game planning and preparing for spring. So let's see what happens this weekend. Let's see if um, if Houston gets knocked off. I think they play on Saturday. How fast could something happen there? Do you pivot if they win to a you know a DJ Durkin who I think Alabama really wanted. Uh, on staff before Nick Saban retired, um, a, a you know journeyman uh, offense or defensive coordinator who's done some really good things at Texas A&M, recruited at a at a really high level at Florida, at Texas A&M, pretty much every stop he's been. Um, could you pair him with a, a Charles Kelly, and, and and that could be an elite you know one two punch. Uh, so to speak, uh, both of those guys have called plays and both of those guys have recruited at a high level. Um, or does Houston get knocked off and then you can get Chris Kiffin on the phone, get get, get Chris Kiffin in here um, quick as, uh, as another guy you compare with um, Charles Kelly. They can bring a wealth of NFL knowledge uh, as well as uh, another dog. Uh, on the trail and a guy that he really wants. He wants this guy so bad. So that makes me want him that bad because uh, because you don't just go. I just don't feel like you go get guys that are going to be a that are going to be a liability. Like you're going out if you if you're trying for the second time to get this guy, just like you were Derek Nix. Uh, I want him. I want that dude. You know <laughs> because Hugh sees something. He knows something that we don't know. If that if you know what I'm saying. So uh, there's. This weekend's going to be should be pretty fun. We got a big basketball game. You got uh, Auburn Ole Miss, Flanagan uh, coming back. Uh, that should be interesting. Um, I'm anxious to see how he's received the crowd. You're going to have you're going to be taking recruits to this game. Uh, you're going to be hosting uh, at least juniors uh, the 20, for the 2025 class. You're going to be hosting at least juniors, possibly some of those last minute, you know portal guys that maybe you can work your work through and get them in late so uh and then you still have you know 20 plus days to see what alabama players might go into the portal that could enroll uh in the summer so um there's a lot of action going on i'm gonna i'm gonna keep you up to date as best i can i appreciate you guys for listening uh enjoy this uh don't let up on lane kiffin on twitter let him have it he asked for it Okay, I'm not typically one to say, you know, go calls, go stir it up on Twitter, but give it to him, hand it to him. He asked for it; it was unprovoked, and he wanted to get he wanted to get in the mix with Auburn Twitter. So go ahead and hand it to him. Uh, it's, uh, it should be, it should be, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I put I put one out there that kind of broke down his last week or so of uh, not not a ton uh, of luck, and a lot of you guys liked it, and uh, it got a lot of uh, traction. So and it made. Made several of them mad. So, so have fun with that. Uh, and we'll get back, talk about the weekend uh, on Tuesday. So I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening again. This is episode 11, 11 already of the Top Button Podcast. Stay button, War Eagle.